I'm Nick. And I'm Justin, and we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters. Last year, we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. And they're also rated over 92% on CharityNavigator.org. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. Evening Odd Dad Out Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, the fucking tired Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out you can find me at odddadoutpodcast.com on the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook thingies at odddadout. Very easy there. And this is the show where I share my random thoughts and ramblings and whatever the hell's going on in my head. I make fun of some people in the news who are being dumbasses. And I tell you about a podcast that I think you should listen to because sharing is caring. Because that just seems to be my other catchphrase. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm fucking tired. I, I'm so tired right now. This whole week for work has just been crazy busy. I, I seriously, it has been like, if you're one of the, the loyal people who actually listens to the show and, and knows when it comes out, typically show drops on Wednesday. Um, long story short, Tuesday night, I didn't get night, morning, however you want to call it. Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. I got home from work from Tuesday night at 5 a.m. on Wednesday. Naturally, I'm just too damn tired to do the show Wednesday, even though if I were a smarter person, I would have recorded like Monday or Tuesday and you know not had this trouble. At the same time, right now, the Sunshine Summit is going on, so I've been trying to catch as many of those sessions as possible live because it's just more fun to be in the chat contributing to the conversation live anyway um yeah so after you know 5 a.m i'm dying wednesday thursday another long night have to get up and take bug to his kindergarten orientation thing and you know for the most part i didn't need this this is you know they take you and they get all the parents for the new incoming kindergartners together and they're talking about how great the school is. And here's our test. Here's where the school uh, ranks and state scores. And here's our philosophies. And then here's how the parking situation goes. Here's how drop off pickup and all that stuff goes. And they're basically teaching all the incoming new parents because it's kindergarten, all of the things about the school. 
Well, I've got two kids that have been in the school for a couple of years now. I know the ins and outs of the school. I was joking with the principal at the beginning of the thing. It's like between my two older boys at this point, I think I could probably give this presentation. But <clears throat> at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> no, hey, I'm not that guy. Be, <laughs> I'm a parent, not the principal. And see, I still had Sam. And so what they did, you know, kind of jumping around here. All of the, the incoming kindergartners were off into another room with the kindergarten teachers. And they basically got kind of like a, a little kindergarten or pre-kindergarten mixer. They got all of the, the, you know, the incoming kindergartners together. They gave them some goldfish and juice boxes and, and, and put on a friendly kid movie and allowed them to mingle and let them kind of interact and meet some of the kids that they're going to be going to school with next year, which is a great idea. I think this is a great idea. But, you know, meanwhile, the other, you know, the adults are in the other room listening to a very, you know, very praising the school and telling all the parents how great the school is. Like, look, people, we had to apply to get into this school. We had to put in a lot of effort to get into the school. If you're in this room... You already know how good the school is. You wouldn't have applied if you didn't. Just saying. But all that aside, uh, you know, I've still got Sam, the three-year-old. And he's still with me. And of course, because I'm a nerd, I'm sitting in the front row. I'm literally like, I could, if I stuck my foot out a little further, I'd trip the principal as she's walking around giving her, her little presentation. And as a little presentation, that sounds so condescending. She was doing a presentation talking about, you know, teaching the, again, teaching the incoming kindergarten parents about the school. But a lot of it was like, you know, really upselling the school. Like you don't need to, again, you're not trying to recruit people here. We're already in. So anyway, but yeah, I totally could have tripped her. That's how close I was. But anyway, I've also got Sam jumping and climbing and wrangling because he didn't want to go back in the other room with the other kids and color or watch a movie or get a juice box or whatever. But he's also restless as all fuck. And so he's jumping and climbing and all over me, which is a royal pain in the ass because, you know, again, front row and you know, the long haired, uh, goatee leather jacket wearing dude in the front row, whose kid is being really rowdy. I could feel the eyes on me sucks, but you know, that's it's part of the game. You know, I'm, I'm that dad. <laughs> If I weren't already having glares, this is one of those situations where you wish you had like a little baby straitjacket or something. They could just, no, here, no, like Hannibal Lecter his ass into just straitjacket, little, you know, uh, the, the little cage around his face to keep him from getting too loud and, and bitey because he's three, they get bitey and, and just sit him down. It's like, no, sit here, stay like magnet that shit to the back of the seat or something. Just stay put. And I can't fault him. Come on. He's a three-year-old boy and he's my kid. He's got a lot of energy. That's it. Period. I, I know that he's also restless as fucking as decisive as I am. He can't sit still. I can't sit still. My, my method of at least keeping him under wraps. I literally, I basically was holding him as I'm sitting here. You know, if you're a parent and I, and I'm good, nobody get mad at me for phrasing here 
there is a particular maneuver only done by dads. There is a daddy dance, which, you know, obviously in any situation is modified to suit the positioning of whatever. I mastered the daddy dance when I was uh, 97, so I would have been uh, 13. (laughs) I was daddy dancing my youngest brother to sleep because his mom, my my stepmom, worked overnights. So, like, I'm the oldest brother. A lot of the time, just responsibility of, like, taking care of my brothers at at that at that age you know i'm a i'm a young teenager i babysat my brothers a lot i mastered that that daddy dance as a teenager so now it's a reflex you know give me a kid i i can't stand still i'm i'm immediately like my sister's kids and it was like nope pick up kid you start that sway that bounce and the combination of sway bounce step waltz thing that is the just instinctual daddy dance which again transfers in any circumstance situation i'm basically sitting there seated position daddy dancing sam because i guess kids are just genetically predisposed to calm down whenever a daddy dance occurs and this is it is great if you're dealing with an infant if you're dealing with, you know, a kid who's still on a bottle and, and whose weight is, you know, less than a bag of dog food. But when you're dealing with a three and a half year old with the strength and determination and severe uh, lack of self-preservation to try and squirm his way into a concussion or to try and headbutt your head off so that you don't hold on to him, it gets a little squirmy. But I I managed to basically keep him subdued. But, you know, we're talking about a three-year-old who's in the upper 30 pounds range. He's heavy. He's strong. And, and, and several days later, my arms still hurt. Just the soreness of having to hold him and keep him basically like manually straight-jacketed. Think about it now. I probably should have just like zipped him up in my jacket or something and forced him to like... Like, here, hold on to me, zip, and then fucking there, you're stuck. (laughs) You can't go anywhere. But it was also like an hour-long thing, so that would probably somewhat classified as child abuse. Don't condone child abuse. You know, maybe, you know, smack them upside the head every once in a while, but not, not you know, straight-jacketing them. Even though I've now referenced straight-jacketing my preschooler a few times. Whoops. So last Friday, my wife and I, we've had these tickets for literally months and months, probably like six months. We went to Welcome to Night Vale Live, which is actually the second time we've gone to see Welcome to Night Vale Live. It's, it's such an awesome show. And if you haven't listened to Welcome to Night Vale, if you have any sort of a twisted sense of humor and, and just kind of dig weird storytelling, I've talked about the show before I featured it. Forever ago, it's Welcome to Night Vale. It was it was the if you, I don't even know if you really can call Welcome to Night Vale an audio drama. I guess you can. It it it's more so now than it used to be. 
I guess for all intents and purposes, I mean, it's a scripted storytelling type thing, but I'm not here to talk about Welcome to Night Vale as a show. I'm here to say, yeah, we went to see Welcome to Night Vale live on stage at the Van Buren Theater in downtown Phoenix. It's it's just fun. It is a fun show to see. You don't even really, you don't have to be caught up on the show because for the most part, each season kind of has a, a particular narrative. There's kind of a, uh, a continual story that flows through the entire season, but the live shows are completely independent of that. They are just standalone stories. And so you don't have to be caught up on the show, which is really convenient because my wife is actually not caught up on the show, but it's such a fun experience to go because if you're not familiar with Night Vale, the, it's one of those things where the fan base is so crazy and so it's a fandom. It is like every textbook, Encyclopedia Britannica definition. It is a fandom. It has cosplay. And the thing about Night Vale cosplay, and it's something that the creators really relish in, is the fact that they never explicitly describe any character. They never give you extreme physical descriptions of any character with exception to those that are like they're, they're named by a description like Hiram McDaniels, a literal five headed dragon. And they tell you all of the colors of his different heads or the faceless old woman who secretly lives in all of our homes. These, you know, these descriptions and even in that faceless old woman, you don't know how much of a not face does she have? And then the fact that she can talk and she can see and read and do all of these things, but she doesn't have a face. And so it's complicated, but where all of those things are, those vague descriptions, you know, the, the five colors of Hiram McDaniel's heads, you know, the faceless old woman is faceless. You know, that, that Koshak, the cat hovers and he's got spines, A, a handful of small little descriptions. But the narrator, the host of the show, Cecil, you have little to no description of him. Your entire image of him, you occasionally get descriptions of what he's wearing in a particular situation. Like, what did he wear on vacation? Or, oh, there's a a big festival going on today, and he's wearing the traditional uh, attire, and he describes, like, the traditional outfit. Whatever, something like that. There might be descriptions of of what he might be wearing in a particular situation, but there's never actually an explicit description of what he looks like. And so the fandom has created these images and these, it's suddenly become where the headcanon for one person and Tumblr totally did this, but they, people did their fan art and slowly the fan arts kind of merged into these, there are certain things that the Night Vale fandom agrees on with zero understanding or reference or there, there's no point anywhere that any of these things are described or alluded to or, or hinted at at all. But for some reason it is 
agreed that Cecil has a third eye in the middle of his head. His arm, he has like weird ritualistic looking, like hieroglyphic looking uh, tattoo sleeves. And he's typically dressed in a sweater vest and he has glasses and they don't ever say any of these things <laughs> really. And the funniest thing is that in no way describes the actor who voices Cecil also named Cecil, but that that's not a description of the real Cecil that it in no way references him. Although he, if you took the real Cecil and, and fashioned him up to look like the agreed upon fictional Cecil, it would work, but still things like this. Well, I say all this because when you go to a welcome to night Vale live show, it is full of people in cosplay. You have a ton of people dressed like Cecil. You have a ton of people, the glow cloud when glow cloud ones are always fun because this is literally a, a cloud that glows and drops dead animals and is the head of the school board. Yeah. Lots of things. Um, <laughs> the show we went to last year was actually all hail, which was uh, focused on the glow cloud. And now God, that one was, I had broken ribs. I was sick as hell during that show, but there was, that was so much fun. It was so crazy. And all the chanting and all of the craziness, I still say, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this last time, because I'm sure I talked about it last time we went. If you had no clue what Welcome to Night Vale was and you walked into a Welcome to Night Vale live show, you would think you were watching a cult. And that is no better this time. <laughs> you have a lot of people dressed in button-down shirts and slacks and sweater vests with, with Sharpie tattoos all over their arms and eyes in the middle of their foreheads. Or other people who are dressed very similarly in a, a slightly different color pattern, usually with a yellow vest or shirt. So you like a black or a, a plaid vest with a yellow shirt and and a a uh, scarified, hyper-extended smile for uh, Kevin, who is Cecil's doppelganger or his double from uh, Desert Bluffs. Whole other thing. Or... <laughs> the the hooded figures from the dog park or any number of characters that people dress up as and all these people in cosplay well my wife and i are fans of the show i I'm, I'm very committed i know a lot of i follow and remember a lot of the details and the character relations and things like that her maybe not as much but we're still we under we we we're into it but we're also not that level of nerd that does cosplay and we're not that level of nerd in a fandom. And you, you, you've seen them. You know you've seen those people in a fandom who live and breathe by the fandom. People who would go out and wear, go to work in their Night Vale tie. People who just, they live and breathe the thing that they're into. They're committed to the thing. We're not. We thoroughly enjoy the thing. We enjoy going to Welcome to Night Vale live shows. We enjoy listening to the podcast. I would love, love, love to get to meet Cecil Baldwin or Disparition, the, their music producer. They are just so amazingly talented, and I would love to meet them. But I'm not going to go to a show dressed as Cecil. I'm not going to go and 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 fangirl out i mean okay i might i totally might if i actually had the opportunity 
but it's and for my case, it's just a matter of respect for the you are amazing. I can't believe I have this opportunity to meet you if that were ever to happen. But anyway, we are, for all intents and purposes, normies in this sea of of extreme nerddom in a group of people who are super chill. And I will uh, there are some people in the line. And all, everyone's kind of having their conversations about stuff. And the, the running joke is that Night Vale is basically Phoenix. If you look at it, if, if you're somebody from Phoenix and you're into Night Vale and you look at Night Vale and the, the, the weirdness of it. And I've always said Phoenix is a very morbid, twisted city with a very dark sense of humor. It's essentially Night Vale. <laughs> a small desert community. Where, and... Okay, we're a big ass fucking desert community, but it's just it's really a when you look at it when you're a fan and you look, you filter it through it's like yeah that that tracks totally Night Vale is in Arizona it's also one of those they always they're so vague about everything on purpose because they don't want to solidify that no this is a for sure thing this is where Night Vale is this is what Cecil looks like this is what John Peters you know the farmer. That's how he looks. They don't do any of that because they want you to have that. You want they they want you to create that image. They want you to imagine what does Night Vale look like? Where is Night Vale? And things like that. And so we are among these these people. And when we're in line outside before they open the doors, we were standing next to a couple, and the girl was super excited and super. She was super nerdy and super, just, again, extreme fandom kind of person and just super excited to be here. It was like, okay, yeah, we're excited to be here, too. We really enjoy the show. She just motor mouth. She just kept going and going, yum, 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 and kept talking and talking and talking. We're just like, <laughs> because, again, we're very introverted and closed in and, and, you know, like a good neighbor, stay over there. That's us. And so us going out to big social events where we're going to see a, a show like this is outside of our normal scope of activity. So when we are surrounded by excited, you know, super squirrel who is trying to, who's just so excited to be there and super social, it, 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 it's a little, <laughs> well, when we get our seats, because again, we've had these tickets for six months. We literally ordered these. I had these tickets purchased within 30 minutes of them going on sale. We're actually that committed to these shows, but we sit down. I go back to the concessions to get us something to eat. I come back and who's sitting right next to us, but our, our excited little squirrel buddy from the line. And Rihanna's just glaring at me like, I'm 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 gonna hit her. <laughs> it's just like I I just want to sew her mouth shut. <laughs> she didn't say that. She just had that look, like oh please stop, please just make her stop. And it was funny because through the course of the show, there's a lot of interaction. There's a lot of you know shouting back. And when the show first starts, and the the announcer, one of the actors, uh, Meg, when she comes out, and she's like, here are the rules. Here's what you're going to expect. Hey. You know, no video. Please do not, you know, you know, post video of the show and spoil the show for other people on you know social media, stuff like that. Take tons of pictures. We love pictures. 
please no flashes it's distracting things like that um and there's lots of like asking questions just being and just having a fun kind of warm up the crowd bit she was just fucking yelling and it's like (laughs) just so so interact oh please just turn it down just turn it down and it was just one of those cases where we realized for all of our nerdery and our our everything we're not as nerdy as these people <laughs> we're not as nerdy as all of the rest of these people in here who are so damn excited and, so, and i'm not gonna shit on somebody for their fandom and being but man sometimes you got to turn it down a little bit because sometimes there's people in the room who are uncomfortable around the person who's got their fandom turned up to 11 sometimes you just enjoy the thing and want to sit back and enjoy the thing and laugh and have a good time and and chant violence 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 yeah that's a, that's a thing um, <laughs> there's chanting it's it there's yeah like i said if you went into one of these shows un, un unawares you'd think it was a cult but but it, it was such a great time we always have a great time at these shows i think this show is even better than last year to be fair i was super sick last time and i wasn't this time but Still, I think this show is better. It was so much more fun. There was so much... It was just so funny. Some of the things they did. And we were kind of talking about the differences in some of the characters and the way they're played when they're done on stage versus the way they're done um, in the show. Things like that. But it was a great time. And I, if you were at all, at all, a fan of Welcome to Night Vale or just weird kind of horror comedy audio dramas which if you know thinking poplar cove and some of those other shows that i talk about that's kind of my thing is i love those horror comedy audio dramas kind of ridiculous fantasy world type stuff but if you're at all into that sort of stuff a you should be listening to welcome to night vale and b when they say there's a live show coming to your area check it out it's really worth it's it's a great experience to have i thoroughly enjoy it I wish I were more of a social media type person where I would take, I would rather, I sat there and enjoyed the show. There's a million people taking pictures and posting up pictures of the show. I'd rather sit there and enjoy the show. I took a couple of pictures like from our seats. We're in, we're front row center or like third row center. You know, we're so close when they take pictures from the stage, we're cut off because we're cut off by the stage because we're that close well you know it's it's such a great experience i'm there and i enjoy the experience you know i i have the memories of what happened and all of the fun we had in my head not on my social media sorry i'm just no good at that sorry but do it go check them out if like i said if you're at all into the show you should absolutely go to a live show it's such a great experience not that i'm trying to sell you on anything other than if you're into it you should definitely, it's worth the experience. But after all, I've got to have gone on for so long. Ah, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to play some promos and I will be right back with the news. The Epic Film Guys podcast is a film comedy podcast with two best friends celebrating everything we love about going to the movies. We've got great beer, amazing guests, and quirky characters unlike anything you've ever heard before. 
Well, I just assumed you were drinking that chocolate stout that you were going to make with the cheapest crap chocolate ice cream in a Miller Lite. I remember being a young man and my mother telling me I didn't have a name because I was illegitimate. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> Never be sorry on the Epic Film Guys podcast. Never be sorry. C- cut in, talk over. I'm sorry every time I finish doing an episode. I didn't hear that, Nick. Don't bring it up yet. I'm not supposed to come out till like the end of the episode. Subscribe to the Epic Film Guys on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you at the movies. This week, oh man, it is just a whole bunch of assholes who just are really bad at making decisions. Starting with a Detroit rapper who released a song about credit card fraud, which then resulted in him being arrested for credit card fraud. Yay, dumbass. Oh, geez. So this guy basically releases a track saying about all about the, his, his credit card fraud and oh my God, his rapper name. Oh my. And I've said this before. There's no good names for bands left and it's even worse for rappers. Uh, oh God, I can't even say it. His, his rap name is self-made cash. Cash with a K because that makes you hardcore has been charged with wire fraud, aggravated identity theft, and possession of unauthorized access devices. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> In his track, swipe God freestyle. I got them in they feelings off these swipes. I made a killing. I made 10 ain't have to split it. Uh, shit what the fuck uh, fucking the hell so I have to assume this guy's entire shtick is that he is, is good at identity theft and ripping people off I don't know if I were a rapper I would want a better gimmick than that you know I mean if, if you're gonna be a rapper and, and have a gimmick for being a criminal let's make it a you know, a cool crime not credit card fraud the fuck and don't release a song saying that you're great at credit card fraud because then they're just gonna hmm i wonder click 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 oh fuck he's not dicking around um so evidence right here yeah dumbass moving right along to a local story for me local as in my kids have gone to this place on school field trips Oh, man. Woman mauled by Jaguar while taking a selfie. Because fucking people and their fucking selfies. A woman was attacked by a Jaguar at the Wildlife World Zoo. uh, Because she climbed over the barrier wall to take us a picture with a Jaguar. Who was already pressed against the fence. So, again, re-kind of draw this picture for you. Jaguar enclosure. Gorgeous black jaguar. 
black jaguars up against the fence, kind of paws pressed against the fence. And you know, if you've ever been to any zoo, you've got the big fence that keeps the big dangerous animals away. And then there's a big barrier wall that keeps the humans away from the big fence because the big scary animals can reach through the fence if they want to. Well, there's like feet, several feet of space between barrier wall and fence so that you can't get close enough to be injured by the animals. Unless you're some dumb bitch trying to take a selfie and you jump the barrier wall so you can get a closer picture with the jaguar because look, it's right there. Ah! And then the jaguar reaches through the fence and fucking claws the shit out of you. Yeah. She fucking jumped the wall and it reached through the fence because they can because it's a fence and just fucking clawed the ever living shit out of the grabbed her by the arm and just ripped her arm open it and it is it's not pretty there's video I may or may not be able to get this video in the show notes um, but the the biggest fucking thing is that okay she has come out and said i don't blame the jaguar like i fucked up i jumped the wall i'm not asking you know i don't blame the jaguar but i do think the zoo needs to change the walls and make the fencing and the walls safer like what do you want to do the walls and the the fences are completely, they're within federal regulations. They are, as long as dumb humans follow the fucking rules, the walls and the barriers and the fences and everything are completely safe. The And even the spokesperson for the zoo basically was like, we can't stop people from crossing the wall. We cannot help if stupid people, okay, I'm throwing this in here, we can't help. As the people who run the zoo, we can't keep people from being stupid and jumping walls to get closer to their cages. The wall is there to keep the humans out. The fence is there to keep the animals out, keep the animals in. There's a big gap between these things. Stupid people think they don't have to follow the fucking rules, jump the big wall so they can get closer to the animal. Meanwhile, that animal just sees lunch walking in. That's what they see. They see stupid fucking people being fucking stupid and like, hey, look, this is what happens to stupid humans when they're stupid. Ha! And fucking rips this bitch's arm wide open. And so, yeah, they closed that that exhibit because, well, the jaguar mauled somebody. But they've already gone and said, we're not going to euthanize the animal. Like, what? This is her fault, not not the animal. The animal did nothing wrong. The woman is completely at fault. But now this woman is trying to say, oh, I'm going to raise, I want to raise money so that the zoo can expand their, um, their walls and, and make it safer because it's a danger and blah, blah, blah. I was like, um, no, you fucked up. There's nothing wrong with the barriers. The like all I can think of, you know, let's make it an electric fence. Fine. We'll electrify the fence on the outside to keep the stupid humans from jumping the fucking wall. 
Jaguar didn't do shit wrong. Stupid dumb bitch trying to take a fucking selfie was wrong. Stop trying to blame the zoo. Stop, stop trying to say nobody did anything wrong but your dumb ass. I will say, she admits she fucked up. I don't care if you're trying to do anything to change the behavior of anybody other than yourself. Because the only person in the wrong here was this chick. Now you'd think somebody basically volunteering to get mauled by a jaguar would would be the worst thing that I could come up with. The worst bad decision. Oh no. That that's that is unfortunately and I, I I mean this very unfortunately not the worst thing. It's time for the jackass of the week. Oh god. Uh Woman boards plane without her baby. Say that again. Woman boarded an airplane and forgot her newborn baby. You fucking asshole. It's, it's, it's a baby. You didn't like, oops, and forget your purse on the seat when you were waiting. You didn't, oops, and your wallet fell out of your pocket or, or something. Or, oh, you had a bag under your seat and you forgot to grab it when you went to board. No, you left your fucking child in the airport. You stupid fucking bitch. Yeah. No jokes. You are just a fucking shitty ass fucking person. <clears throat> so, let's get into the story, shall we? Uh, flight from Jeddah to Kuala Lumpur. If I sorry if I pronounced those wrong. Forced to turn back after a passenger informed the cabin crew she had forgotten her baby in the airport. Fucking bleh. Saudi mother forgot her newborn baby at the airport and boarded the Arabian Airlines flight to quote, without a worry in the world. She didn't realize she forgot the kid until after they took off. How do you not? How do you not know your fucking kid? And this. <clears throat> This is the same thing for every stupid fucking piece of shit parent out there who leaves their fucking kid in a hot car. And I say this because, A, we're getting into springtime here in Phoenix, and it happens every year. Some piece of shit parent, I don't care your excuse, I don't care if you're not normally the one who takes the kids to daycare and you forgot that they were in the back of the car when you got out to go to work, you're a piece of shit, you should be more fucking responsible and you should never, ever, 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 ever be responsible for another living thing ever. Piece of shit. Take this woman's kids. I don't care if it's fucking Saudi Arabia or the middle of the fucking Congo. Take this woman's kid away. If you don't have the sense of fucking space and realization and humanity to realize that your child 
is not with you when you get on a plane. Better yet, your fucking newborn child, mother, who was just removed from your body not too long ago, who you have to carry with you wherever you go, how do you not know you don't have this child with you at every second of the day because they are with you every second of the day because they're a newborn? And your dumb piece of shit ass did not remember your fucking child when you got on a goddamn airplane. Take the kid away, lock this bitch up, or throw her out of the fucking plane. I don't care because she should never, ever, 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 ever be responsible for another living thing. And I mean plants too, forever for the rest of her fucking life. Oh, fuck. I need to calm down. Okay, one more promo break, and I will be right back after I calm down. Are you into stories played out like movie scenes, audio dramas, or real play style podcasts? On Rolling Misadventures, a group of podcasters take time away from their respective shows to sit down and play a game called Fiasco. With a whole lot of improv and a little bit of tabletop banter, we create short stories where everything can and will go wrong. From a sci-fi cloning mishap... Uh, we were making some clones and, uh, made an extra. You! To Victorian-era lovers trying to escape a failing playhouse... You, sir. Oh, the pelican. The pelican of my dreams. The pelican of my heart. Yeah, then, Helen, you're the albatross of my loins. And then he vomits. And even an action-packed 80s heist. What what, what does he look like? What kind of type does he look like? He definitely doesn't look like a cop. There's plenty of variety to check out as we wrap up our stories every month to keep things fresh. Check us out at rollingmisadventures.com or search for us on Apple Podcasts. Google Play, Spotify, and your podcatcher of choice. Recommended listening. This is a trailer. This is a trailer for a new podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Explosion sound effect. From Night Vale Presents... Booming man voice. The people who brought you Welcome to Night Vale. Other vaguely threatening sound effects. Now bring you. Ta-da! Good morning, Night Vale. A podcast for people who are ready for us to drop this tired movie trailer motif and tell you about our damn show. Good Morning Night Vale is a Welcome to Night Vale recap show hosted by cast members Symphony Sanders, the voice of Tamika Flynn, that's me, Meg Bashwinner, the voice of Deb, and your nightmares, that's me, and Hal Lublin, the voice of the beloved fan favorite character Steve Carlsberg, that's me. Each week, we do a deep dive into one episode of Welcome to Night Vale, starting with the very first episode in 2012. Episodes will feature conversations with the cast and creators, revealing origin stories, behind-the-scenes trivia, and more never-before-heard information. Listeners like you will share thoughts, comments, and questions with us via voicemail and email. Whether you're a longtime fan or a newcomer to the show, Good Morning Night Vale is your guide to the friendly desert community that has caught the ears of listeners around the globe. 
Good Morning Night Vale will be released every Thursday until we have dissected every episode. According to our deeply scientific math, this show will continue for 9,000 moon years. So subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and join in on our weekly weird chats. Check out our website, goodmorningnightvale.com, for more info on this show or just to prove that you have a working internet connection. Love always, yours in fandom. Good morning, Night Vale. Good morning, Night Vale. Good morning, Night Vale. Good morning, Night Vale. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Good morning, Night Vale. I figured, you know, since I was talking about the live show, the least I could do is finally get around to talking about this one. Like they said, it is a recap show where... And they say in the in the trailer, it says every other week. They actually are every week, I believe. I'm pretty sure it's actually every week of them going through each of the episodes of Welcome to Night Vale one by one in order and analyzing them, talking about the story, the things that they really and they, they really got to them as and the development of the show as it progressed. And it was and it's, it's been really kind of cool. And I'm not really one normally to be into that sort of stuff with the commentary and the recap shows. Like I don't listen to any um, TV fan podcast, things like this. And a lot of that is people who are fans talking about the thing that they're into. Like we just watched the latest episode of supernatural and now we're going to discuss it. Um, Not so much my thing, but this is actually hosted by three of the actors who are part of the show. Uh, Meg Bashwinner, who is the voice of uh, Deb, the uh, sentient patch of haze, who's also like the ad person. She also is basically announcer kind of, she does the credits, things like that. She's the MC for the live shows. She's also married to Joseph Fink, the creator, one of the creators of the show. Uh, and also symphony Sanders, the voice of Tamika Flynn, who is a, I think she's still 16 in the context of the show, a 16-year-old bookworm who is also a rebel uh, militia leader, and uh, Hal Lublin, who has been on just about every major podcast with a voice cast. He was He's part of the uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour. He, he's done so many things. If you, <laughs> The gag is, if you have a podcast, call Hal Lublin. He'll be on it. He, he does so much. He does so many voices. He's, he's an amazing actor. He's an amazing performer. Um, but yeah, so you have Meg, Symphony, and Hal. And they basically, like I said, they go through the each of the episodes. And of course, like so many things, they get sidetracked and they'll talk about, you know, you, you'll, they'll mention like the ad spot that was done in the show. Because Night Vale would always have these fake commercials. They'd use real companies, but make up fake commercials that were very Night Valian. And Night Vale has become like like Lovecraftian. You know, it's basically the new Welcome to Night Vale is the new HP Lovecraft. It really is. And so they 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 just kind of run through and they talk about the the weather, which if you're familiar with Night Vale is a musical segment. And They'll have sometimes they'll have guests like some of the actors who are the uh, different people. They've had uh, Joseph Fink and and Jeffrey Craner, the writers. 
They have talked with Disparition, the musical director. They've talked with a number of the the various actors um, with uh, Mara Wilson. If you don't know who Mara Wilson is, she is the voice of the faceless old woman who secretly lives in your homes. She was also in Mrs. Doubtfire and Matilda. Yeah, that Mara Wilson. She's also a children's book author. And if you follow her on, on social medias, she's uh, quite abrasive. She doesn't put up with a lot of shit. So, yeah, good going you. I'd, I'd love to see one of the live shows where she's actually there. I think they actually just did one in L.A. that she was part of. But that's a whole other thing. Anyway, I've really gotten into the show. I and mean, I guess it's one of those things where, like I said, I'm really into the show, but I'm not a, one of those crazy, you know, uh, learning all of the things and positing my theories and stuff. And that's a lot of the show is that is that people will submit their fan theories about what do you think about this episode and what's going on? Cause there's so much stuff that goes on in any given episode of night Vale. They will send in their fan theories and it's, it's turned into what they've called the fan zone. The, the fan zone became i don't know how and i there there's a there's a continual thread of food references and they'll start talking about restaurants and things from when they're on the road touring and stuff and hey do you remember that you know that deli in in albuquerque and this and you remember this thing with the pie and yeah so many food stories and if they get through an episode without talking about food it's just a miracle but they they just go they're all over the place and their descriptions and their analysis because they're also looking at this from the outside as fans because a lot of it they they don't write any of this they're just performers in the show the only one who has any vaguest degree of insight into the show is meg because she's married to one of the writers and so she will ask him sometimes what were you thinking what what is going on in your head and so sometimes she'll have an understanding or she'll know like what he was, what was going on in their lives at the time. And I think one of the big questions whenever they have a guest is what were you doing at the time that this episode dropped? Where were you? You know, when they talked to Cecil Baldwin about the, like when the, the show really took off, and where were you, you know, what was your life like when you started doing the show and how, what has it done for you since and things like that? You know, they've gone, a lot of them, they went from being, you know, struggling, you know, theater troupe actors in a lot of cases to, and a lot of them still do stage work and, and still act and still do a lot of other things. But now basically they went from struggling, starving artists to quite famous, well-respected and paid artists and they they do a lot and they've created a lot <clears throat> and the, welcome to night vale has afforded them a much more comfortable life than they had before night vale but ultimately the three of them are still just performers in this thing who are fans of it and they're looking at it from both the fan perspective and from the we're part of this and people are also fans of us but the, again, they're, they're, they're still fans. And so they're looking at the, I remember listening to this and thinking, what the hell is going on? Wait. And, and their theories, because again, they don't really know what is going on They're you know, and, and for the sake of continuity, I guess you could say they don't express, um, opinions and, and thoughts and, and things like that. 
that essentially they don't reference issues and maybe an, an issue or a storyline is resolved later on in the series or they, they, they have a callback later in the series to something that happened in episode 10 or whatever, just throwing something out there. Like say, like this most recent season has had a lot of callbacks and they've wrapped up and closed what you could say there were plot holes or openings for things. There were a lot of callbacks in the last couple of seasons. They're not really other than saying like, oops, a slip of a, Oh yeah, later, you know, when this happens, but uh, for the most part, none of that's in there. They don't really, they keep it to where they're not spoiling anything for you. They don't go outside and mess things up. They're like, we will ref- reference things that happened in this episode and before. It's like, oh yeah, now that thing that happened two episodes makes sense because now this happened and now we have more insight into this character and now we've learned more about him. Well, now we're learning more about Cecil. Now we're learning more about John Peters, you know, the farmer. Um, we're we're they're getting into it, but again, from that kind of fan, you know, uh, suspicious fan theory perspective and that's what i like about it is that even though they're part of the the show they're not looking at this giving away all the secrets because they don't have any they're just they're fans who happen to be in the thing and i i really dig that now i will say and i always kind of say there when there's something i don't like i will I, i express it now one of the things i will say is that by nature of the people who work on the show, they are all very, they all have a particular political leaning and that's fine. And, you know, in the, the writings for welcome to night Vale, there's a lot of inclusion. They very, it was in the first episode. It's basically established that the narrator Cecil is gay. There's, you know, several, uh, relationships and there's lots of this and none of that really matters necessarily like fine for cool doesn't matter um the one thing that gets me about the show and it does and it's kind of one of those things where you see a lot of people like that have a little bit more of a celebrity leaning that are, are more celebrity focused i will you tend to see them interject politics into a commentary about a thing. I hate that because and it's, it's they, they tend to do that a lot. And sometimes it, it's off putting it. I will admit I have turned off episodes where they start just going on about political stuff because it's, it's just, it's off putting to me. I don't listen to uh, the, I don't listen to night Vale for a political thing. I don't listen to good morning night Vale for any sort of political rants. And I don't care about your political opinions. I'm here to listen to commentary about night Vale and talk about the episode and this funny, fun show that I'm into any correlation between how you interpret an episode and, you know, quote unquote, the current political climate fuck, I hate that phrase. It's irrelevant. It's not necessary. I had the same issue with the Karen and Ellen letters, actually. Um, 
and apparently in one of his um because there was the regular episodes and the kind of uh, commentary episodes in one he mentioned that he got a lot of feedback from listeners that people would say you guys should really lay off the politics at which point he was basically fuck you this is my show i'll talk politics if i want to and i'm not going to stop somebody i'm not going to tell the people of good morning night vale that they i'm not going to say you need to stop the politics what i will say is that when you get into politics in a show that has that it's it's not necessary and you really start digging your heels in and you spend so much time on it it's off-putting and it can push listeners away because if somebody does not agree with your political opinions especially nowadays people are so divisive about things if you start getting so political when you're supposed to be talking about comedy it 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 can push people away and so like i said sometimes they'll just go on these political tangents that i just get tired of it and I'm like okay i'm tired of the political whatever bye and i'll and i'll shut it off i'll i'll switch but again i do that with anything i don't care what side you're on i don't want to hear about politics i don't listen to political podcasts for a reason but all that aside it's still hilarious i still love learning about the, the behind the scenes and the different perspectives and people's theories because especially like the fan zone calzone as they call it that the the uh, you know the, what they say the head cannon and the mind the, uh, the 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 fan theories that people come up with for different things and the theory that night vale is actually one of the rings of hell because it's established that time doesn't work the same time doesn't pass normally in night vale um monsters and natural you know are just a natural occurrence um religion and the, the all of the things that make night vale night vale all like like if you really look at it i mean granted you could kind of just filter it however you want but if you look at all of the the things that make up night vale the argument could be made they're in hell it'd make it'd make all complete logical sense or this could be in a completely different world in a different universe and whatever they're in a they're in a little bubble universe there's so many things i'm not here to speculate on the existence of how night veil vale exists that's not what i'm here to do i'm here to tell you about why you should be listening to good morning night vale like i said if you're a fan just like going to a live show i think if you're a fan of welcome to night vale it is absolutely worth checking out good morning night vale or if you haven't listened to Welcome to Night Vale yet, it might actually be worth it for you to listen to Good Morning Night Vale to learn a little bit about the show before you dig in. Because like I said, when I featured Welcome to Night Vale originally, this is a show you can't just start in the middle. You can't. There's so much lore and there's so much going on and there's so much understanding and character development that's taken place over the last five or six years you have to know what you're getting into. You you really have to go back to the beginning and listen to all of it because there's so much development, so much growth, and so much lore that's built up over all these years that you really do need to go back. Now, yes, you could start, if at the very least, you need to start a season at the beginning of the season. 
you can't jump into the middle of a season because stuff is built up and you're like, what the fuck is going on? But you've got to go back and li- at least start of a season. But it, it's kind of worth it to listen to Good Morning Night Vale to get a little bit of insight and a little bit of, of extra background. It's, it's almost like having a director's commentary. It's, it's, it's like a commentary track for an episode of Welcome to Night Vale, basically. That's, that's the best description I could give you of it. And so if you're into that, check it out. Like I said, it's definitely not for everyone. Welcome to Night Vale definitely isn't for everyone. Certain people's sensibilities and sense of humor are not going to agree with this show. Same as mine. But I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give it to you. If you like Welcome to Night Vale and you kind of dig the commentary, the little behind the scenesy stuff, absolutely. Check it out. You'll learn more about the actors and the characters. And I like that learning more about the people behind the show. I love learning about the, the behind the scenes, pulling back the curtain. What it, what is how J, Dave Jackson puts it. I like to see how the sausage is made. I, I like pulling back the curtain and seeing those things. So that's why I like this show. I like listening to that. So if you want to know more about good morning, night Vale. You can, I got to pull this one up because it's a little bit longer. <laughs> you can check them out at nightvalepresents.com slash goodmorningnightvale. Of course, links are going to be in the show notes. I'm probably not going to have the most in-depth show notes this week because I'm so behind with everything. But again, goodmorningnightvale, nightvalepresents.com slash goodmorningnightvale. But... That is it. Man, this is probably the longest show I've done in a while. Thank you so much. (laughs) I am I am done. Fuck after all of the the headache this week. I am I am done for the week. Thank you so much for putting up with me and my tardiness and all of my shit. Remember, you can subscribe to the show at oddadoutpodcast.com. Follow me on on the social medias, the Instagrams and the Twitters and Facebooky thingies at oddadout. Check out the Twisted World of the Odd Dad Out Facebook group until I fucking come up with another damn name. And if you want to be super awesome and support the show, you can get yourself a shirt or a mug or a cool anything else in the merch shop. Just click on the shop tab up there on the web page. Or you can support the show on Patreon like my awesome Patreon supporters. Lisa and Sam from I Shake My Head, Heather Welch from Sunshine and Power Cuts, currently at this moment right now as I'm recording, doing the Sunshine Summit, and Chris from Play Comics and Meddling Kids Podcast. Check them all out. Support the show. Share it with your friends. Tell people about it. Because you're cool that way. Because you made it this far. But anyway, I'm rambling. I'm going to get out of here. Thank you so much for putting up with me. And until next week, oddballs, thank you and good night.